Some of you have heard me talk about my C plus gardening skills before this Sunday. This is no surprise to some of you. Um, I'm just consider myself like a slightly above average gardener. If they're house plants, not good. But if they're outside, I, I do a little better, a little better. The outside plants are those that I don't immediately kill, though Katie can attest to the fact that when I order plants from the plant sale, I always choose the ones that have the little diamond next to them, which means drought tolerant, which I define as if I forget to water them, they won't immediately die. So this is how I order plants at the plant sale. Katie's nodding. She knows it's true. Uh, each spring, I watch the perennial gardens at, in my house closely to see what has survived the winter. And I plot and plan which flowers or vegetables I'm going to try to not kill this year. There's a moment each year, and maybe those gardeners around here might remember this or know this, when the beginnings of a plant poke through the ground and I wonder to myself, what is that exactly? Now there are some that I definitely know, tulips, daylilies, I got those. I got those right away. Hostas, those I can understand what they are. But a lot of them I kind of wonder, is that a flower? Did I, did I plant that? Is that a weed? Sometimes I find myself not quite sure, so then I just, you know, leave it for a little bit, just to see, just to see what it is. There was one plant this spring in particular that looked quite squash-like, and so I thought I'd hang on to it for a moment just to see if it turned out to be a vegetable, but it wasn't. Sadly, it was a big, big weed. Has anyone else ever done this? Just kind of let a plant grow for a while to see what it is? Okay, thank you. I, I appreciate the nods and waves. Thank you. So it made me wonder a lot with this text this week, what is a weed exactly? Of course, my favorite author, Barbara Brown Taylor, has something to say about this. She defined a weed as anything I have not planted. So how might you define a weed? A friend this week told me a story about her grandfather, a farmer, and as they were driving on the tractor through the fields, he pointed out corn that was growing in his wheat field, and he said, oh, I gotta take that out. She said, why, isn't corn good? Corn's good, we need corn. We have a whole field of corn right there. And he said, but in this field, corn is a weed. Today's gospel picks up right where last week's gospel left off. Jesus is speaking and teaching his disciples using parables. And in this case, parables about farming, to help them understand just what God is like. This week we have a parable often referred to as the parable of the weeds among the wheat. We hear of a gardener who sows good seeds, but then while everyone is sleeping, some weeds get planted. Now, many people think this is a parable about the problem of evil how some people are wheat and some people are weeds. And we just need to take some time to figure out which one is which. It's reminiscent of last week's gospel where Pastor Chad preached about good soil and how there's all the other kinds of soil and we just have to be good soil, right? As if we have any choice in the matter. But I wonder if maybe we've gotten this gospel a little bit wrong. Maybe it's about something else. Maybe we're not wheat or weeds. Maybe this is a different way than you've thought of this before, but here's what I'm thinking. When we make this parable about figuring out who's a weed and who's a wheat, 
then we spend all of our time trying to do just that. And we like it. Okay, I like it. I'm real good at this. On the Enneagram, I'm a one. On the Myers-Briggs, I got a big old J at the end. I enjoy seeing the world in black or white, in or out, good or bad, wheat or weeds. There is not a lot of in-between for me. No gray. Not a lot of and in my thinking. This parable, at first glance, almost seems to encourage us to see ourselves as wheat. After all, we're obviously the children of the kingdom, right? We've been named and claimed children of God, so we're all good in this parable. We're the good ones in this parable, right? So if we're good wheat, then the next logical step is to look around and determine who are the weeds among us. Do you see the problem I start to have with this gospel? I think the gospel is not supposed to be a threat. It's supposed to be good news. And so if it's not about weeds or wheat and trying to tell someone they're in or out or figuring out whether we are in or out, then I wondered a lot this week, what might this parable be trying to teach us? I've been watching a new show on Netflix this week. It's called Down to Earth with Zac Efron. Has anybody else watched it? Okay, thank you. I, I will admit that I began watching it for not the most altruistic reasons because I am a teenage girl at heart and I think Zach Efron is super dreamy. So it's possible I began watching it for that reason, though I've learned a lot. It's very, it's very interesting. If you haven't watched it yet, Zach and his friend Darren, an author, Darren, travel around the world learning about sustainability and agriculture in other countries and communities. It's fascinating. And I truly was not expecting that when I watched it. In one of the episodes, Darren and Zach are in Costa Rica learning about community agriculture. And they walk by a sign that says, a weed is a plant whose virtues have yet to be discovered. It was definitely on like B-roll footage. So if you weren't actively thinking about weeds and wheat, you might have just breezed on past it. But I have been thinking about weeds a lot already when I saw this episode. And so, of course, it stuck out to me, and I looked it up, and lo and behold, it's Ralph Waldo Emerson. An Emerson quote, handwritten on a sign in Costa Rica. Who knew? I wrote it down on a sticky note, and I kept it in front of me all week as I prepared this sermon. Because I think this parable can feel a lot like a parable about whether God considers us wheat or weeds, and you'd better hope you're a wheat— but since we know that's not how God works, and this quote came in front of me, it got me thinking. So the servants say to the gardener, hey, hey, weeds are bad. So let's, let us take out the weeds. We'll, we'll do this for you. We've got this. Now, no judgment here for these servants. That's my own inclination. I understand them perfectly. I want to be the one to decide what weeds are and take them out. And the gardener says, hold on a second. Let's, let's let those weeds grow together with the wheat for a while. I'll sort it out in the end. Just give it a little time. Maybe those weeds are plants whose virtues have yet to be discovered. And I wondered this week if maybe that's the point Jesus is trying to make in this parable. 
See, today's gospel is in Matthew chapter 13, and we heard verses 24 to 30, and then 36 to 43. And if you notice there's some verses missing, a sleuth of a pastor might wonder, What's, what are the verses we skipped over today? Did Jesus get sidetracked? Did something else happen? In those few verses between the two sections we heard today, we hear the parable, very short parables of the mustard seed and the yeast. Now, I don't want to jump ahead and steal Amy's thunder next week, so I won't talk about them too much, but I do want to say it's important to note their context. See, Jesus talks about soil and how we make judgments about the kind of soil. And then he talks about weeds and wheat and how we think we need to pull out the weeds because they're bad. And then he talks about little things like mustard seeds and yeast and how they get overlooked for being small when they can actually do a lot. And then he talks about weeds and wheat again, how we need to let God be the one to decide what is worthy of being harvested and what isn't. Because maybe these weeds are plants whose virtues have yet to be discovered. So often these same verses are used as threats instead of good news. Be wheat or you're going to be thrown into the fire. As if that's gospel. In Paul's letter to the church in Rome, which we also heard today, he talks about the things to come. Things that we don't quite understand or we don't want to wait for. Things that we can't explain. I like to think of this as the great not yet. The things that haven't happened that we're just waiting on. Now, I want some weeds in my life to be pulled out. I want some people to be thrown in the fire. I'm not going to lie. That's, that's the J right there on my Myers-Briggs. But we are waiting. We are waiting on things like judgment and redemption and new life. And it is hard to wait. All of these things are yet to come, Paul says. And we're impatient. I want to know who is wheat and who is weeds right now. I want to do my own weed pulling. I want things to be the way I think they should be, and I'd like it to happen right now. Thank you, God. And God says, hey, let it be. Just wait. To wait even in the midst of things growing that we did not plant. To wait and trust that God will sort it out later. So you might be wondering then, what do we do with the fire part, right? There's like an obvious weeds are going to get thrown into the fire part of this text that you can't just pretend isn't there. And trust me, I would really love to pretend it's not there. I want to imagine, I want you all to imagine with me that there is gospel in this fire as well. Because what if you've always thought of yourself as a weed? What if the people around you have always told you you don't belong? that you don't come from God, that you need to be thrown out. Imagine how it feels to hear God say, let's wait. Don't pull out the weeds yet. Let's let them grow together for a while. Maybe these weeds are just plants whose virtues have yet to be discovered. Or, I mean, or maybe not. Maybe they are just weeds but we don't get to be the ones to decide that, which is a bummer, I know, particularly for me, who really likes to decide. But it is not a bummer for those who are left to the hands of a graceful God. 
I thought of one more way to understand this parable this week, thanks to one of my good friends and Pastor Emmy Kegler. The longer I sat with this parable, I started to wonder what if we're not either? Like what if we're not weeds or wheat? And the more I asked that question, the more another question started popping up in my mind over and over again. I kept on hearing this question, what if we're the field? It's not out of the realm of possibility, considering the context of this gospel. After all, Jesus just compared us to soil last week. So what if we're the field? If we have both weeds and wheat in us? What if we have moments when we feel like we're being taken over by weeds and other times where we feel like we are growing exactly what God has planted in us? Pastor Emmy wrote a gorgeous reflection on an imagine, imagining this moment. At the end of all this, she said, when God does make a judgment, when God does start pulling weeds, and not only did her imagining of this text solidify the question that had been moving around in my head, what if we're the field? But she has really changed how I hear this gospel forever. I'm going to warn you, I'm reading a quote that I have practiced reading out loud many times this week, and I have yet to do it without crying. So just be prepared. That's all I'm saying. This is what gospel does to me. It just makes me cry. She said... Wouldn't it be a relief? Wouldn't it be a gift if at the end of all of this, there were messengers of God, angels, sent into the fields of each of our hearts to cut down everything that was sown by Jesus and to cut down everything that still kept springing up, self-centeredness, selfishness, and cruelty in us. And sorted them all out so that finally, finally, only that which is good could flourish. And everything in me that is twisted up and rotten and hurtful could be cast aside. Wouldn't it be beautiful? Wouldn't it be good? Wouldn't it be a relief? If at the end of all of this, if one of those weeds cut down from the field of my heart was every time someone has tried to sow in me anything less than a proclamation of my belovedness before God. Wouldn't it be beautiful to watch the angels moving from heart to heart of every child of God that has ever been told that something about them is wrong and wretched when it wasn't? What if we could see the angels moving from heart to heart, pulling up those weeds and throwing them aside and saying, soon, soon this will be nothing but ash. And my child, you are going to know what it is like to be fully, fully beloved by God without anything holding you back. Now that is what we call good news. Amen.